0: Yes, it is. So
1: um, I'm very excited. The conversation, I'm sure, is going to really get into some areas that we like to go into here on Into the Microcosm. And like I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm not going to waste too much time here with a bunch of this and that. Uh, I really want to get down to uh, brass tacks. So uh, the author is William Ramsey. Uh, The book is Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angels, Adam Waffen and the slaughter of the innocents. Uh, is there a secret group with a far-reaching plans to influence societies around the world? How can this group, the Order of the Nine Angels, be traced from the British neo-Nazi movement to a series of transitional cells with global reach? How did the ideology of the Order of the Nine Angels influence the commission of beautiful, brutal crimes united states of america canada and elsewhere how did the o9a whose formation began with a small group in england grow to international prominence this mystery will be unlocked with our guest william ramsey are you there
2: i'm here thank you for having me jimmy
1: excellent i, I i'm super stoked to have you uh welcome and uh how you doing everything going good where yeah. you are i mean Brilliant. uh Excellent, excellent. Well, let's just get right into it. I mean, um, I you know I told you I'd been moving into a new studio and I hadn't had time to read your book and I apologize for that. Um, and so let's just get into it. Maybe you can just give us all a brief description of what it is exactly that we're going to be talking about today and then let's just get right into it.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, the book really covers the formation and foundation of really a new kind of occult group Called the order of nine angles not angels so it's angles it's based upon the angles between the planets and their ideas I see, of...
1: I see that yeah I'm sorry about that yes okay. and that makes a lot of sense too I'm, I apologize for that
2: it's okay so the, the ONA kind of started in the early 80s and was kind of a splinter group or came out of the uh, national socialism movement in the UK and really started just writing manuscript after manuscript, so very small tracks, maybe two or three pages, and those two or three page tracks grew into two or three uh, smaller tracks, and then into books, and then into series of books, so it really kind of is something that is post-Hitler, Aleister Crowley, and really took off with the advent of the internet, so it was able to not only disperse its ideas and ideology, its corpus, its texts, but, also, kind of communicate with people around the world, much like the far rights group. So this would be a subtext, a subgroup within the western far right group environment.
1: Well, so what what is the order of the nine angles in reference to? Now, is this a sacred uh, geometric shape or forms that are that are set in place uh, to form some sort of a uh, prison? In other words, kind
2: of. they believe the order of nine angles is really the all of the sun, moon, stars, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury, Saturn, and then the inclusion of kind of uh, a stargate and a man's gate. So their angles, their symbol, if you see it, it's on the cover of my book.
1: Yeah, I see it. I'm looking yeah, at kind it right. of
2: nine angles. But they believe that there are kind of portals and dark gates where they try to presence. Dark energies that are very similar to Lovecraft's kind of old gods, dark gods, okay. and well,
1: they this try ties to present
2: in, them into the, our plane of existence.
1: And this ties into exactly some conversation we were having a couple of days ago, where we were talking about these these points on these the sacred geometry points that were set up as stargates, and we were talking about the uh, the face of the earth being a motherboard. And that, they're, and that these, these uh, religious, you know, the, now they're religious, but at some point they were just energy generation devices or some sort of a power generation tool, and that these specific intersecting points is where you find the magic or where the ley lines intersect or whatever it may be, and maybe you're even going to talk about some of that tonight.
2: Well, I mean, I think that they, I don't know if they believe so much in ley lines, although I think that their real ideas are kind of druidic, So they take from, you know, the power of the earth and uh, Mm -hmm. they're very much into water. And uh, you'll see a lot of their imagery is like on the shoreline into the great ocean. So they believe in kind of this difference between what they would call the causal and a causal realms, kind of like a spiritual realm and then the Mm -hmm. worldly realm. But uh, I think that really what they're trying to do is... Really presents these dark energies into the world, and uh, that's really why they have these kind of dark gods. That's really their dark, dark god ideology. They have mm-hmm. twenty-one dark gods that supposedly came from uh, some ancient text from Sumeria. So they believe their dark gods go all the way back to you know prehistory.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. <laughs> There's not a question in my mind. What's it's got me? What's got me wondering though? Is about these uh, these uh, stargates and these portal uh, sections and this. uh, I'm I'm curious. Is there any connection to the tribe of Dan with the global death cult? I mean, not to my
2: knowledge. I don't know about that. I mean, I think the real connection is to kind of far right groups, and Adam Laughlin would be one of them, and also anybody really involved in kind of far right fascism. I think, but this would be like far uh, esoteric.
1: You know, is there rituals, is there magic uh, associated with this with this death cult? William Ramsey, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. Well, this is Giuseppe Valfangulo. He's got a show of his own. He's uh-huh. a journalist. Uh, he's a, a good friend of mine, and he's a great uh, uh, person that we have with us on the show. Uh, he comes on, on my nighttime show as well, and he's also got a show here on Revolution Radio on Fridays called The Perfect Triangle. And he also is on another show with uh, Dave Scorpio on Saturday, and uh, he's all around town. So he's a good guy to know, and if you want to uh, join up with him on another time, uh, another show, probably be good if you guys meet. But I sure. want to introduce you, too. There you go, Giuseppe. Uh, say hello to William Ramsey, and let's get talking about the global death cult, man.
3: William, great to meet you, and uh, I'm uh, perusing your website, and you've done some uh, excellent uh, investigative work. But one question I have based on the statement you made in the first half hour is that, per your, your, your observations, that you don't find that there's anyone involved in this cult at any high levels of government. And I just wonder, are you familiar with uh, Eustace Mullins' book, The Curse of Canaan, that this death cult goes back essentially 6,000 years, and the uh, magisterial Book by Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, uh, "The Synagogue of Satan," that tracks the six thousand years of this satanic death cult being in power. So I, I'm a little, I'm a little confused why you would make that statement that you cannot find instances of uh, sat- Satanists being in power when they're mostly no, all Satanists.
2: No, no, misunderstanding. Because I specifically said I don't I know anybody in the O.N.A. The oh, oh, okay.
3: Oh, it's okay, that's
2: a very important distinction.
3: Oh, okay, So I just don't have bad.
2: evidence of it. So I can't oh. write on something I don't have evidence of. But what I read about in all of the stuff that's in the book, there's a lot of members of the ONA uh, who and some who have been arrested. But you can see that ideology is all around the world. It's a recent one and distinctly different from anything that Eustace Mullis wrote about or anything referenced by Christ saying that you are of the synagogue of Satan or anything like that it's much distinct that this group does not like anything they would call nazarene or Magian which uh-huh. nazarene would be christian or Magian would probably be trans uh, could be understood as something that's like judeo-christian so this group does not have anything they're very i would call them very english-centric or anglophilic so they don't even have anything in their literature or rituals or things like that that reference to Kabbalah
3: or anything. Oh, like or okay.
2: So that's okay, not a- my
3: bad. I misunderstood. That's I'm glad that to hear that you understand than that. And I'm looking at their website. It's the letter O the number nine and the letter a.org. And, and uh, that's amazing that you've dug into them and found that uh, they're, they're pulling in some uh, extremely violent members and doing, well, would you consider what's going on? Especially the gentleman? uh, um, Guglheim William Von Newtonjem, who murdered 58 uh, year old Mohammed Aslim Zafis outside of Mot mast. Do you consider that a ritual murder or just the act of a lone wolf?
2: Well, it's a good, it could be both. I mean, I think that he was a lone wolf, but he definitely, there are videos of him online that you can still see actually on his YouTube channel of him doing and no one a ritual. So you'll see something very distinctly different than a standard satanic ritual. You'll see the ona uh, logo or icon you'll see the uh tetra crystal tetrahedron which they believe stores energy and some of the other ona symbolism is there but when he went out i don't really know he hasn't even gone to trial yet because of covid but there was another death a week before of a guy by the name of singh who died by the same manner a uh stabbing so he may have been engaged in what the ONA would describe as a calling or a human sacrifice. So what the ONA views that makes them distinctly different and why I titled my book Global Death Cult is because they distinguish themselves from traditional Satanism by their attitude towards murder. And one of the things that the original writer wrote is, and I quote, if there's one thing which expresses the essence of the satanic ethos, it is culling. And if there's one way to detect a pseudo-Satanist, it is their attitude towards culling. So, Von new may have and i don't know people haven't questioned him enough as far as i'm concerned but he may have been acting out the ideology of the ona when he killed at least one of the guys maybe two and there's actually cctv video of the murder of him he literally stalked him and came up behind him and slid through him.
3: fascinating uh i don't want to hog this uh, nano girl why don't you jump in we haven't heard from you
0: oh thank you i have a couple of questions uh okay, one of them is you mentioned they may be infiltrating our military. Yes, And I've been very disturbed at what I'm seeing, right? We have the woke culture. We have some really disturbing as I'm consider consider the uh, recruiting videos we have right now. I just I don't think it depicts, right. you know, I was rap, right, my dad was in the military. He was in the right. Navy, and so I grew up in the military. This is not my father's
2: military. No, seven even not.
0: close. And uh, the other piece of that, I'm going to throw that question out there. Is one, and then this other thing is Baphomet. It looks like that's one of the goddesses they pray to. Correct. Yes, that's one. Correct. Okay, that we have seen a tremendous amount. I would say in the last 10 to 15 years on TV, definitely, probably the last 10 years, I've seen it a lot. Uh-huh. It's on it shows up in all these places that you might not expect. Right. And right. Uh, but anyway, let me throw that out to you. So first let's, you know, discuss well, your say, feelings about
2: the military. I would say the ONA and is trying to infiltrate a lot of stuff and a lot of the influence is to infiltrate. They would call it, like I said earlier, an insight role. If they are going to their uh, their utopia is a post apocalyptic nightmare, so they are trying to create that, and I think they're trying to get military training. So there's a lot of aggressive kind of violence associated with their ideology, but I do think that a lot of the ideas of white supremacy are hyper politicized, and I don't think that, I mean I think that word is used in a very cynical fashion. So I do I don't even think the O N A is purely white supremacist anymore it can't be if, if one of its outer heads is half asian half latino uh, i don't know if they're as here as as rigid about their in, initial kind of ethnic uh, ethnic superiority kind of outlook but i don't i do think that i mean the country has some of the worst ideas the most toxic ideas ever really from the left and uh i think the woke ideology is really, not something that uh, the ONA would really even care about, but uh, at least from their writings, but yeah, so I, I think that they're really trying, I think that really are a much more satanic ideology that comes, I mean, and they're still influenced by racist ideas. So, their ideas, I mean, they rever, revere the birth of Hitler, they they count time from the birth of Hitler in 1889, so um yeah, I, I don't I don't see them as as really, yeah, I mean, I, I like you have Merrick Garland come out and talk about this ideology, it sounds a lot like me, actually, which is kind of strange. but uh, he was talking about transnational racial groups, and this is actually kind of one of those um,
0: okay. so just to clarify for me, so it sounds like they would not get behind the woke ideology. No. they cool. would be the they would be the people on the other side. So the other thing I'm seeing is, I think that uh, just is just my perspective that I see our leadership in D.C. fanning the flames of hate. Right? Oh. They're 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 absolutely bringing all this, you know, all the racist and and you know white supremacy and white privilege and all that that junk.
2: So they, they actually the left right now is actually not against the principle of racism. They do not
3: like other people's
2: racism. They want their own. That's really the primary.
3: Gist That's of, exactly right. Right, stated, so
2: would this would this group get
0: on the other side of that? In other words... Well,
2: I mean, you're uh, asking that, questions. Is... I'm not an insider. I'm just a journalist, gotcha. okay. investigative journalist. Yep. I don't know what they would do. There could okay. be, like I said earlier when I was talking to Jimmy, there could be members of this group in Antifa. There could be members in BLM. Yeah. I don't know. Some of those BLM people are into the occult. They're into, uh, you know, African voodoo or whatever. I forgot the gotcha. name of it, but one of them definitely was. So I don't know. I don't know the totality there could be some of these people who are in there you know by name i wouldn't know i honestly wouldn't know they would never it would never be divulged so um to say i mean you have to kind of read through their stuff to see what they think they believe in sinister tribes they believe that they're above the law they believe in culling they believe in in gaining information and i think they believe in their own kind of political ethos really they would try to create their own kind of uh, political group if they could if they could infiltrate the republicans or the democrats it probably wouldn't matter to them at all and i think you see that actually in some of these if you read my book you'll see that some of these members are are clearly occultists before they join these right-wing groups
1: are you familiar with a group called secular humanists
2: yeah i'm familiar with the ideology yeah, you know, or the ideas
1: I'm 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 and fin- when I'm listening to you guys, I'm I'm finding this uh, feeling in my gut that there's some parallel between secular humanism and this group. Have you found any contacts to this to, to uh, this effect?
2: I mean, I have not. I, I, their ideology—they actually have kind of a spiritual ideology. They have this, you know, it's a satanic ethos, and uh, they believe that they're trying to. Bring out the era of the dark gods. They're trying to presence the dark gods. So,
3: well,
2: let me, um, let me ask I don't you see stuff. that as anything really in a in a kind of pure materialist, non spiritual worldview, like a secular humanist or something who who disavows a another world, a spiritual world.
1: Well, it's it's, it's more than that, and it's it's a, one. It's, you know, humanist is one thing. Okay, that's one thing. A secular humanist is something completely and utterly different, and it is one of the most, uh, you know, evil organizations there possibly is on the face of the earth. They happen to be a lot of those people, you know, potentially have membership in other groups as as a lot of these uh, people do. Um, I'm specifically curious now. You said there was they were worshiping 300 gods. Is that what you said? No,
2: 21.
1: 21 okay so what are the top five of these gods that they worship
2: well i wouldn't even i wouldn't know the actual um which gods they're literally doing it but you can see these same na- same names that pop up there's azan mm-hmm. a jinn so mm-hmm. these gods have like a, you know their own character so they would have Naos, as Az- adazoth and these mm-hmm. things and they would pray to them and try to press noctilius who's like a Mm-hmm. Like that's a theme within that group is Noctulian is this kind of bat that flies at night. Mm-hmm. So they kind of uh, try to inhib- so inhabit that kind of sensibility, kind of like you would say, like a god of Saturn has these characteristics. So their dark gods have characteristics or char- that they try to um, presence in their own personality.
1: So the rituals, there isn't a main deity that is above on this this idea. So what this is is they they will utilize whatever entity they need to utilize with the characteristics that uh, they may display as their magic. In other words, they will call on this particular right. deity when they want to do this. Now you say that you say that they that they're into the calling, they're into calling. And that's what separates them from Satan. That's
2: what they say that separates that separates them from the Church of Satan or the Temple of Set or Crowleyism. So this guy who started it was, he kind of went through the whole Crowley system. He was part of a Crowley group. So okay. I think he learned that and then stepped beyond that in his ideology.
1: Well, I got a problem with it because, you know, Satanists don't have a right or wrong. So there is no right or wrong. It's, if you do it, it's right. And so they wouldn't have a problem with calling. I don't. I don't think specifically, but I guess maybe they do. I don't know. But um.
2: Well, here- I would say that they, there's there's. I think an important part of my book is chapter three, the Satanic letters of Stephen Brown, where mm-hmm. they talk about and he's communicating with, um, he's communicating with Michael Aquino, okay. and sending letters. And Michael Aquino is taking his time don't, don't to say communicate it with I, I, Myatt, and and they're talking about their own. Satanic ideology and, and the differentiation between them both. So I think no, that's an important good. thing for Reid because you can see what these guys are actually thinking.
1: You said his name twice. Don't say it again or he'll visit us. No, and no, I know no, it to no, be true. Does, so okay, so right. listen. No, yeah, that's what they say. Anyhow, um, uh, that's another show for another time. But um, anyway, yeah. So well, that's interesting that he was in command or in control with Michael or. or in contact, contact
2: with right. So it's called the Satanic Letters of Stephen Brown. So they're definitely communicating, and they're kind of the people. They said that this person who had a variety of different pseudonyms is all the same person, David Mayet.
1: Can, can you bullet point some of the some of the ideology in those letters, uh, just off the top of your head? Absolutely. Right
2: I mean, you it's interesting because they're setting things in the letterhead from the Temple of Set. You can see the pentagram and everything, but mm-hmm. you can see that they're communicating, and really, Mayat is saying. You guys are kind of posers, and we our group is really the real thing, and we have a very small crew of people that are must, much more dedicated to the ideology than you are. Here, here's one thing that Mayat says about the Church of Satan and the Temple of Seti He writes, All the members of the TOS and the COS I've met over the years were full of satanic theory, but very had very little experience of going to and beyond their own limits. Basically, they played at Satanism, the occasional boring ritual. The odd working with magical intent, but nowhere was there a proud, defined exaltation in living. Nowhere was there a real satanic character born from character building experiences. So that's another thing. He's differentiating his view from them as they're just kind of doing ritual stuff, and ONA is out there taking chances and and engage in risky behavior.
1: Interesting. So now, are you familiar with Nicholas Schreck?
2: Yes, very much
1: so. Okay, now uh, what about Anton Lavey's daughter? are You familiar with her? Yeah,
2: right. Uh, okay. yeah. so, so he had, it, those two were together, right? Was it Radio right. Werewolf
1: or whatever? Well, they were working together. I don't know if they still are, right. but um, and so so Shrek was the one that took over, or uh, didn't he? Now, didn't he take over? I don't
2: know what happened with Aquino I don't know who uh, took over the Temple of Set or Church of Satan after Lavey died hmm But I think well, there was a different head of the there's definitely a different head head of the Temple of Satan, uh Church of Satan right now. Well, but that book by the way, the Satanic Bible, still the number one selling book on on the occult on Amazon right now to this day. Yeah, and no
1: and, and it's no surprise when you have twenty years of Harry Potter style um you know, initiation going on for the children uh, written by some lady saying she wrote the book when it was clearly written by lettered agencies and using it to uh, discredit and to make available to people the choice between magic and worshiping Jesus or well, worshiping Buddha or
2: I'm, worshiping. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because in the ONA outlook, it's very similar to Harry Potter, where in Harry Potter, you have the magi- magical people and the, and the muggles mm-hmm. and in and and ONA, you have the ONA and mundanes. So it's almost the same dichotomy. It's the same oppositional adversary. Like we're on the inside. They're dumb and boring and on the outside. And we can in that satanic idea is that if they're mundanes, you can just cull them, you can use them as cattle. It's kind of like the goy view. They're goy to be, you know, mm-hmm. fed. And Crowley even said that, you know, give these people the quiet wisdom of the cattle. We will milk them at our will, kill them at our will.
1: So, Are these these Babylonian black magicians? Uh, well, just... it's
2: interesting because that's really where they trace. I think that this group, like you could actually say that the t- the church, the ONA was created by a lettered society. Like it's very strange where it just pops out of nowhere. There's high intelligence behind it. There's tons of writing. People are spending time writing with it. But mm-hmm. they tried to le- legitimize themselves, in my opinion, by supposedly having as their kind of creation mythos this document from sumeria that has these 21 gods that nobody's ever seen this document mm-hmm. but that just suddenly materialized and then there was supposedly a connection with an old witch and a group of witches that had passed down passed down through time immemorial that suddenly gave their info information to the ona but nobody knows those people they're just a myth right i mean i could tell you that uh you know, I'm friends with uh, a troll underneath a bridge and he's giving me information.
3: Mm-hmm. But if
2: nobody ever sees that, I don't know. So the ONA has a kind of mysterious beginnings or mythological beginnings. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, so you're saying like if it's Babylonian. I think they would say it's pre Babylonian, it's Sumerian.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, everything, all lines seem to go back
2: to Sumeria
0: and have infiltrated even something like Netflix
2: well i wouldn't know i i don't think their yeah, yeah. infiltration really is uh i think or it's mainly in, politically may, oriented so maybe i wouldn't influence say, it i wouldn't say that yeah i mean i think it's important to read my book and get the distance and not extrapolate stuff that's not in my book because right. that is definitely there's nothing in there like we got to go get in the media and we got to get into filmmaking yeah so they're really much more uh had I think a military thing and also just kind of increasing their influence. Like they had, they said they have a 300 year plan. So mm-hmm. I think that for them it's, you know, they're just going to do a slow infiltration and try to find new members and grow.
4: So if they have a 300 year plan and other organizations have their plans that are even longer than that, certainly there must be some collaboration. But well, I mean, them. a
2: lot of these occult groups, You'd be surprised, a lot of these guys are members of a variety of different groups. Crowley mm-hmm. himself said you should join every occult group you can. And if you look at the ONA, they have the, one of the outer heads, a guy by the name of Ford, kind of lives in Texas, had his own kind of occult writings and things like that, and somehow became uh, a prominent member of this group. So you can kind of see that cross-fertilization. And definitely, these people are in contact with each other internationally. They're definitely either you uh, i mean there's pgp keys on some of their literature so they're communicating using cryptography
4: hmm. how how might we know if we are somehow getting involved with someone like that i mean i know you talked a little bit Great about i mean i would think for. you'd have
2: to see the symbolism you'd have to see their language their ideology what they're doing? Are they an occultist? You know, and then you kind of got of parse through. So, mm-hmm. I think you got to be careful because I think in my book, I think I show the slaughter of the innocents part of the book is that people who have this ideology have contempt for human life, and a lot of innocent people got shot. There was a parent who uh, tried to stop this Adam Waffen kid, Giampa. They got killed. There was a young Jewish kid in Orange County. He got stabbed twenty times by uh, somebody who's an Adam Waffen member. And you don't really know how many other crimes this, this group has committed. If they're secretly committing crimes, what have they been doing for the last 20, 25 years?
4: Well, and I'm sure that they have some protection set up within their system, too, to so that they're not revealed to be well, aware of it. What's really um, scary
2: about this ideology is that they don't, There's it's public. So somebody doesn't even need to be an ONA member. They don't. They can just read this and go, hey, this is for me. You know, and so there may not be that many people, but if it's one in 10,000 who goes, hey, this is how I want to shape my character and live my life. I mean, that's very dangerous if you have somebody walking around thinking that other human beings should be cold based upon what their their own choices. You know, they go through this thing. Oh, this person should be taken out for evolutionary purposes. So they're really the engines of evolution, much like the Nazis. So they had plans to kill tons. It wasn't just the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Killed Poles. There was an an annihilation order by Hitler that nobody really talks about, about killing Russians. There's all kinds, actually, Hitler made multiple annihilation orders
4: to his troops. Yes. So,
2: um, I mean, these are very dangerous ideas and people need to be aware of them. I mean, you don't know. You get some young kid on the internet. I mean, another story about this whole book, my whole book is like the danger of mixing a naive kid on the spectrum and these ideas, and you got tons of trouble because right. there's a real line of like Asperger's on, on this book and people who are they fall for these or tempted by these ideologies and uh, can do a lot of damage.
4: And really they're just being used if you think oh, about no it. Doubt. I don't have any. doubt. They're yeah, seen as foot uh-oh. soldiers
2: by people far higher up mm-hmm. and uh, deeper into this. And I think that uh, they're just seen as disp- disposable, you know, so mm-hmm. Um, and the racism is there. If you see it, even in the American Nazi movement and stuff like that, it's like there's no God. It's nihilism. There's no morality associated with Christianity in their worldview. It's all about race, and uh, you know, it's uh, pretty ugly.
4: That is ugly. And
2: they, you know, they have. They're all worried about like, oh, we're going to be replaced or demographics. And I'm like, why don't you just go out and have 10 kids if you're all worried about that, you
4: know. Yeah, and that's not always easy to do these days either because no, of not, not, going problems. on with the, uh, yeah, the birth rate and,
3: and everything. Hey,
2: having a kid these days is far riskier than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And
3: there's William, defi- how did you come across the uh, order of the nine angles and just dis- stry- describe to us a little bit about how you started to peel away the layers of this onion?
2: So I had heard of Myatt just doing research. I was aware of him and the insight roles, but really it was in August of 2020 when somebody reached out to me and somebody had kind of sent me something on one of my YouTube pages like, hey, have you heard of this group? I didn't really know about it, but this guy, Igor Sarsky, which I include in the book, it's in the appendices, uh, both of our interviews, which we've done three now. But that was really in August. And the reason why he reached out to me is I had done years of research into the smiley face killers. So, the smiley face killers is this phenomenon of young men who are out at night and have been disappeared. And there's hundreds of them. And I've done two documentaries, one of which you can see on Amazon. The title of the first one is The Smiley Face Killers Who is Abducting, Torturing, and Murdering College Age Men in the US and the UK. The second one is Smiley Face Killers Global Slaughter continues to close so i just covered these cases and i've watched these cases i really got st- i thought it was a really a myth an urban myth when it first came to my attention but i actually watched a case of a, kid, a young gay guy in columbus ohio his name was joey LeBute. and he disappeared and somebody said hey this guy disappeared and i was kind of following stuff and i said if this guy ends up in water i'm gonna freak out and about 19 days later he ended up in the seota river um, and so I watched the whole arc of him being disappeared out of a bar and then being found in water. And then that really, you know, sent shivers up my spine. So then I started following the cases. I linked up, kind of synced up with Jim Smith of Global. Uh, what was his, his? His smiley face cult, I think, on Twitter. So he's still kind of researching that. And then I've watched other people do the same. Another was Joey LeBute. No, Joey LeBee was the other one. The other one was Dakota James in Pittsburgh. Then I researched all the cases. And there's clearly a uh, a phenomenon of young men being out, disappearing, getting separated or either drugged from mm-hmm. their friends and ending up in water. So the ideas of this group, I'm not saying UNA is doing any of that. I don't have any evidence of that. But the ideas, the ideology of this group, maybe there's another group that's out there that I don't even know, but it, it overlaps with... This whole phenomenon of
3: these killers. You know, as a follow-up, the um, I'm born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I lived there again from 2005 to 14. And during that time, there was a series uh, in college towns along the many rivers in Wisconsin of these uh, boys supposedly, you know, getting drunk and and being found in water. I mean, the parents all thought there was something more going on. The and the, we're talking about dozens.
2: Yeah, the parents are right
3: it's lacrosse wisconsin was a big epicenter actually oh Mm -hmm. so you know about that okay i was gonna ask all that
2: stuff yeah of course i mean i wrote i made a three and a half hour documentary about all those cases so i'm familiar with the guys who coined the term their names again and gilbertson they wrote a book called case studies in forensic drowning and i researched all those cases and verified a lot of that stuff but also kind of went into the smiley face usage and culture. And a little kind of broaden my own research into that. But yeah, there's definitely a phenomenon of these. These are not. Yeah, drowning. I can tell The other you thing it. is they're being called drowning victims, but there's no evidence of them drowning. There's no evidence of, so I saw Joe, he was flapping. his He said he was going to go for a swim. He was flapping his hands in water, and then he just went under. We never saw him again. That's mm-hmm. not what's happening. What's happening is is they're last seen rounding a corner at a bar, and then three days later... Ten days later, they're found in the body water, sometimes upstream, sometimes down. So th- it doesn't comport with drowning. Typically, a drowning victim floats to the surface, is easily found. So where are those bodies at? I've covered so many cases where these guys are missing for two weeks, three weeks.
1: Yeah, well, I can tell you what. I mean, I, you know, I'm I, I, I didn't know that you were the guy that did the smiley face stuff. Because I'm pretty sure you're the only one that's ever really done anything on. Have you been on Clyde Lewis uh, before talking about the uh, smiley no, face? I killings? talked
2: to his producer. I forgot what his producer's name on. was, but I was never
1: on. yeah, run, well, just, yeah, run. yeah. So listen, here's what I think about the smiley face killings. I'll throw my piece in. And now I haven't seen your documentaries, and I haven't seen your movies, and I haven't. I don't know what you think. I'm just going to tell you what I think. What I think is, is that the smiley face killings is what happens when. Uh, gay people, gay prostitutes maybe, uh, people are getting involved in auto-asphyxiation sex and one of the people dies and the other guy throws the other guy in the river under the smiley face thing because that's a Uh, A way to get rid of these bodies uh, because it's happening all the time I mean this is a big thing Um, I mean David say that you know some of the some of the major celebrities that have died recently uh, were involved in that and that's how they died so they're so they're um, masturbating or having sex while they're choking each other
2: well that's an interesting thing because I've done a story I did actually just last week I interviewed a guy out of the UK there was a famous celebrity by the name of Barrymore and he was having a party, and he was a homosexual, and somebody died on at his house, and he had massive injuries to his anus, and they, they the story they had was that he drowned in the in the pool, but there was no evidence of drowning. Just everybody had that story, so um, mm-hmm. to me, it looked like a cover up. The father thinks it's a cover up, mm-hmm. uh, but it fits into the kind of SFK phenomenon, and in my my research. There was a strong predominance of uh, homosexuality, but it it didn't cross over to everyone. Because some of the guys who died are not homosexual. They're clearly heterosexual. So then you have to extrapolate it as the water deaths are a body dumping mechanism to confuse police and get Even rid of evidence.
1: Guys weren't homosexual. You don't have to be a homosexual to get off on autos.
2: Well, this to... is true. This is true. But one of the things that would tell me that that wouldn't apply to all of the cases is that these guys are out in public. They're not at home, and they're not they're they're not with other people. They're they're by themselves when they're last seen. So doesn't quite. I mean, yeah. I if mean, you're, you're hired, it doesn't really, I don't think that that, that, I don't you know. know, I would say that it would, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens to a lot of them, but I don't think it would be across the line.
1: Well, look, if you were somebody who's into that and you're hiring gay prostitutes, okay, and you keep choking them out and killing them, you just toss them in a the river. Goodbye. At the end. Hey, there's, oh, a so right.
2: God, there's a ton of, there's a ton of, I remember one was Boy Joy or George, there was like some gay party and a dude got carted out dead. There's all kinds of stories of dudes dying and gay situations you
1: know yeah you know stuff gets you know at some point for people um you know if they're into different kind of uh you know they have different kind of appetites you know at some point you know the meal starts to get boring you know you have to put some, some spicy mustard on it you know you're gonna have to throw a little bit of cheese, you know, make a new sandwich. And, uh, you know, a lot of times these things are dangerous, you know. I mean, just think about this, uh, think of amyl nitrate, you know, and think about, and sni- you know, sniffing locker room or amyl nitrate in your nose right when you're about to have an orgasm. I mean, that's a big. that was a big bathhouse thing up in San Francisco back in the 70s or whatever, amyl nitrate. People died all over the place. I think like, it's we- still around,
2: though, yeah. God, I think so. Sure it is.
1: <laughs> it still does the same thing it always did. You know, but there's another there's another thing. Was there ever any uh, testing done on these boys to find out if there was any amyl nitrate in their systems?
2: Not to my knowledge, but GHB was was actually common in the early kind of research. Gilbert and Gannon, they found GHB in some of the stuff. So that's kind of also a gay drug.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, um, we sort of ventured off the path a little bit, but I don't think really that far, because what we're talking about is uh, alternative lifestyles. And there seems to be one that's, you know, starting to take a little prominence uh, here in America and across the world and around the world. I mean, we saw the gates of Hades making a tour around the world like it was a three-wing Barnum and Barley circus who's showing up at every major city in the world. Hey, come on down. It's the gate of Hades. Come on down. You know, it's like, uh, what's going on with this? You know, I mean, everything seems to be um, 180 degrees out of the way it used to be. Agreed. it's all because of these micro groups Who infiltrate and cause problems So the thing is It used to be what, what the majority thought Was the way things were But now it's the combining of, of all these micro groups Together to form a majority That overwhelmingly Can decide over The other rest of the people Who all think the same Right
2: but so if, you have, if you have If you control The uh, if you control the voting machines, you can have a minority and run run the country forever for decades.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you say minority, you don't mean co- of color. You just of mean not. just a minority just, of the whatever, population. Yeah, like the Satanists or or the um, Temple of Setists or, or the or the uh,
2: left in general. Right. I think that the support of the left in this country is probably only thirty thirty five percent. But they've just fixed the voting machines for decades, so they make people think that it's a fifty-fifty split. It's a big Wizard of Oz mind rape.
1: Yeah, well, it's, you know the thing. The reason is, is because there's only one bird. There's just two wings, and it doesn't matter who gets in. The only problem is, is that most of the uh, opponents, when they when they lose forty-eight to fifty-two, they don't put up a fight. They just lay down, and that's because they're part of the system. So what you saw recently was you saw somebody who didn't wasn't willing to necessarily lay down. Right. And so when he started making problems all of a sudden he got quiet didn't he, he all of a sudden got quiet went away and never said another thing about it so you better believe that that boy got a phone call and said you know what man this voting system is putting all of our people in across the world you think we're gonna let you destroy it right now no way buddy
2: Amen. hey man go look at Canada for uh, Trudeau has no political experience He has zero political experience. Somebody told me that the other day, Paul Gosselin, Mm -hmm. and somehow became the prime minister there. So how did that happen? So and they use Dominion all in Canada, too. Mm -hmm. So they're selected now and so much for the uh, will of the people. And and Biden's a perfect example. I mean, come on.
1: So now, so all your everything that they could, everything that you've done, they can find on your website. So they can look for the smiley face killer stuff. Is that there, too?
2: Yeah, so I had five documentaries on Vimeo. i got to put them back up. But, yeah, they can find that. They can find the first version of my SFK documentary is on Amazon. And uh, I've done tons of interviews and stuff like that on Smiley Face Kills.
1: Excellent. Well, listen, um, we're coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll come on bottom of the hour break, and uh, I'm going to go out with some J.J. Kale. We'll be back in about five minutes, ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for messages about shows you may be interested in Monday through Friday, something like this. Cause it's just, it's like an unknown universe. You know, you're just sort of, uh, p- uh, you know, people who haven't gotten into it like you have are barely even understanding that it even exists. But I mean, you've connected all the dots, you made these connections and you feel like you're, um, you know, you're onto something. And I think you're onto something too. Now, as far as the, um, the sacred geometry and the saturn alien brotherhood does that does any of that affect or come into play as far as this group is concerned
2: not to my knowledge i didn't really see a lot of saturn type stuff and i didn't really see a lot of calculations like cruelly or some of these other magicians do where mm-hmm. they break down words into their corresponding numbers and correspondences i didn't really see a lot of that so i would say that the this group kind of uh didn't didn't really emphasize that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean the occultic, uh, the cryptic thing about this group is, is that number one, that they're that they're only specifically interested in infiltrating one sort of political viewpoint. The name of the group is the Nine Angles, but it has absolutely nothing to do with geometry. Um, Not so much. You know, yeah. So to me, I mean that, you know, I'm seeing some things here that are starting to, you know, not make sense. So what I'm wondering is anything uh, have come across your path as far as these things just being put out there as a you know, like a Easter egg for some people to find. And, uh, maybe the real stuff that's going on, you know, extends beyond just the foot traffic of the, of the, you know, minor white supremacists that might be out there, but maybe it, maybe it goes a little, little higher and a little uh, deeper and further than what we're talking about.
2: Sure. Good. I don't have any, I just don't have any evidence of that, you know? So I, I only could conclude, the evidence in their writing. I don't know any members of the ONA, but, uh, You know, they say that they have means where they talk to each other orally, so they don't even write things down. And they clearly have writings that aren't public. So I can't say that I have a, you know, I'm not as an insider's view. I don't have an insider's view. I can tell what they write about. They're very Mm anti-Christian. They talk about calling. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they say they're really at war with... uh, you know, with what they would call the Magian state. So you know, mm-hmm. here's a quote. These represent a new type of tyranny, a new enslavement of our species. Thus has the ONA made the disruption and replacement of the current order, the current aeon, represented by the tyranny of the Magian state and the Magian ethos, its most fundamental practical priority. Thus is our dark sorcery, exoteric and esoteric, directed at everything Magian and everything and everyone, imbued with and supported a, supportive of the magian ethos
1: what's the magian ethos
2: so there i think the translation of magian is like the judeo-christian order
1: does it have anything to do with the merovingians
2: no no there's nothing in there nothing in there about this i would say they're almost kind of like a historic Uh, they don't talk about history that much they talk about the future history the galactic imperium but they don't talk about kind of the past as much they're trying to create a new future
1: and i think they're well they're well on their way and i you know but but something there's something about this that's bothering me and i, don't, I can't really quite put my finger on it but there's something about this And now now as far as hitler was concerned there was black magic going on within the nazi uh you yes. know permaculture Uh, Big-time occult magic going on, Um, lots of, uh, you know, referencing back to Blavatsky's and all these other um, ideologies, black magic was being done, it was the black sun, right? right? So so the thing is, but was the Nazism a byproduct of the black magic, or was the ideology – Put forward because that ideology in support of its fascist-like behavior, you could bootstomp somebody to death and throw them in a camp and starve them to death and let them die there like uh, you know skeletons, and uh, you could get all the loose or energy from all this stuff that was going on. Now is this the same group, okay, that you know is talked about and i you know I want to bring them up again as a tribe of Dan and I just want to say. You know, they seem to go they seem to come out of uh, you know, Samaria, Babylonia, Egypt. They end up in Jew uh, in Judaism and uh, they end up all of a sudden they are the Jews who are not Jews. And they moved over into Europe and became druids. And then they became Templars, and then they became Masons and then they became the Queen of England. The
2: Frankists, right, yeah. So
1: you know, so the thing is, is um we're, you know, this culture of black magic and occult dealings is everywhere. Yes. It's permeating our culture now, and it's and it's overwhelming. And, it, you know, people got pissed off when John Lennon said we're more popular than Jesus Christ. Right. But I think he was on to something there because the pop culture ideology and icons that are out there are more believable to the young people today than Jesus Christ is himself. But the Beatles, we can get
2: into the occultism of the Beatles. I cover them in my book. Go ahead. Let's
1: get into it. we got 15 I mean, minutes
2: saying, left. I mean, they're making all kinds of Crowley hand signs, all kinds of secret stuff. But uh, I would say the ONA would look at all of those things as part of the sinister tradition. So they see themselves as part of all of that sinister tradition of the past. But I think the occultism of the Nazis is very similar to the esoteric Nazism of the ONA. So this guy who started the ONA knew Otto Riemer. Who is Otto Riemer? Otto Riemer is the essential Nazi who helps put down Operation Valkyrie against Hitler in 1944 and continued the war for another year. So this guy gets done saving Hitler and then goes around and becomes a right-wing fascist and meets up with Mayan. Mm-hmm. And so he's actually in my book. So you can see this kind of uh, legacy of these Nazis to the present. And I think that this group is almost like the creation of a group who didn't have public support like the Nazis had public support at one time. I don't know, I think, how much of the population of Germany, 30% or something like that. But I think that this group is kind of like the growth of the same ideologies through different names into the ONA is really kind of a national socialist ideology.
1: Giuseppe Gula. Come on in here now. This, this is interesting too because it goes back to World War II, comes back into black magic, comes back into Nazism, and this is like a splinter group of, a, of under a million splinter groups that you know exist out there whether you know about them or not. Right. You, hear about, you hear about secret societies, but you hear about these ones that you say they the masons or whatever. I mean I know names of secret societies that I wouldn't say on the air because if I did, I would get a – something would come my way. Just by simply saying the name of it. So, secret societies exist, ladies and gentlemen. And the information is passed from lip to ear. There is no documentation. Right. And in order for you to get in a position to have your ear open to a man who's got the wisdom and the path to tell you how to get to where you need to be, you got to make it to that door and you got to knock on it. And you got to have what it takes to open that door. And a lot of people don't get there. Just happy about finding Google.
3: That, yeah you know, it's a hard road it is a hard road and i'm curious uh william in your uh, amazing uh truly courageous path to dig into this uh this uh occult malignancy that you've explored so thoroughly i'm looking forward to ordering some of your books now that i've, I've seen your website what was the most stunning or startling revelation you came across
2: in what the ona book or just all my books
3: well, let's start with the ONA book, and then if you have something that was even more shocking in all your books.
2: I would say the global nature of this group, where they're using communications to talk to each other across oceans and through these different nations, I think that that's it. And also, probably an adjunct to that is that this group has little subgroups, they call them Nexians, and those subgroups have their own documentation. So You can think of like, oh, one group has this one set of documents, but these other subgroups in Australia or the U.S. are also writing, you know, uh, they're writing tomes, they're writing these kind of witchcraft books of their own writing, of their own experiences and things like that. Some of them, much of them based upon the original LNA literature, but still that, that there's that much interest and people are spending that much time and energy to, you know, forward that ideology. But I think of all my books, I think probably just goes back to my original book that I published in 2010, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, A New World Order, where, you know, I just, the whole 9-11 event was a ritual event, and they included all of the numerology of Aleister Crowley there. You want to talk about Gematria. I mean, it's written in, it's in the backdrop of the 9-11 events. 1177, 93-175 are all Crowley's if you put them all together really all Crowley's kind of fingerprints and his ideology and if you see what happened after 9/11 if you can see past all the mind control and uh, that you can see that the political Crowley is right there in place the slave shall serve global slave state you know it's it's, it's all there it's all writ large. It's all writ large
3: yeah that's stunning i i have personally believe since very early on that that was a ritual sacrifice Nine Eleven, and when you look into a lot of these other major events you can start to see they're all ritual sacrifices so it's uh there's there there is like uh there was uh a movie decades ago that uh, by uh, David Lynch called Blue Velvet, right. where uh, the main character is living this idyllic suburban life. And then he's, he he becomes uh, infatuated with a woman who's in the underbelly uh, of the darkness. And he, he takes the journey there. And then at the end he comes out and he's back in the suburban life. And, and to me it appears as though the great vast majority of citizens of this planet have no idea how dark, how vile, how occult the they they uh, are being involved with and, and and used and and is do you agree with that? Yeah,
2: 100%. I don't think they're not supposed to find out. So, I think it's kind of like a wizard of oz kind of uh, situation. I think it's I think it's actually kind of a handbook of humanity. <laughs> you see people no brain, no heart, no mind. Or whatever it is, and then uh, you have the Wizard of Oz pulling the strings, yeah. the Emerald City. So I don't, I don't think it's that much different today. And uh, you can go through, and I, I did a video, uh, my documentary, Occult Hollywood, <clears throat> shows a lot of that kind of secrecy and how much of Hollywood really is a occulted information for both the initiated and uninitiated. And you can probably see and perceive Blue Velvet as an initiatory path between that kid from the suburbs being initiated into all that stuff and then he's done up the other side
1: yeah that's an intense uh, an intense representation of some of the stuff that goes on down there for sure and you know the thing <laughs> is is like a lot of people don't even realize i mean you know you go down there and you see that there's a warner brothers and then you go in there and you see that mayberry rfd didn't really exist and it's just a facade but not very many people realize that la in and of itself is a whole movie set yeah. built uh from the ground up by the lettered agencies at every single place of the playboy mansion brownstone operation total video capture um, you know everywhere you look uh they're collecting information on people who like to get it on with hot looking chicks over at the playboy mansion right or, so the
2: playboy in your mansion was a precursor to epstein they were had it before oh yeah did you a, ever hear the story epstein's about franchise.
1: Uh, hey, epstein's a franchise of the playboy administ- the playboy administration
2: <laughs> well did you ever hear the story of the vault that's underneath this is an alleged story yes. the vault underneath that uh, mansion. you know yes. that story
1: Yes. Well, we had the blueprints of the actual tunnels. We did. We did a few shows on it. This is what we spent. A lot of what we specialize in is pop culture, um, you know, social engineering. And we we spent a lot of time in the '60s because that's where it was had. And we got tape of Timothy Leary at the closeout meeting saying that they that they totally uh, um, achieved their goal, that that the mind was what they wanted in the in in that time frame, and that the next thing that was going to be coming up was that they were interested in was DNA. And then he proceeded to say what he was going to put out there. And all of those five or six different topics, UFOs, a few few different things, all the things that he talked about in that closeout meeting of the social engineering team of the 1960s, uh, they all came to pass now. So uh, he was right. Uh, You know, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, he believed in panspermia and all that stuff. Did you ever hear him say he was carrying on the work of Aleister Crowley?
1: Yeah. And he also said that what he was going to do was he was going to affect the undergraduates and the people that could be affected and uh, and he would get to people this way and have them start thinking about the what he was talking about in the future now outside the, the main uh, scientific framework that exists to where people get to put their ideas forward. So he was going to go to the younger people, these mavericks. He'd find them and uh, and go on and go out and get it done like he did get it done. And uh, we can see the result of that now. I mean, we're all a bunch of dopamine-seeking uh, button pushers uh, looking for somebody to like our picture on the Internet uh, so we can get our charge. I mean, really, uh, realistically, when we looked at it, I mean, the dopamine angle from LSD was really what they were looking for. It had nothing to do with the psychedelic experience, even though that was part of it. But really what they were experimenting with was the uh, delivery of dopamine through the LSD. And as we can see today, with the uh, military industrial complex behavior modification system, uh, we can see that we are all on a dopamine froth on the internet looking for, looking for our dopamine. And uh, I even seen a few papers that I looked at. I sent them to you, Giuseppe Balfangula, where where someone who's actually psychotic, can be driven into a schizophrenic, paranoid uh, uh, episode by overdosing them on dopamine. Interesting. It is interesting. Mine's Jimmy.
2: No, this... man, it's all, we're here. We're in the, uh, like people are saying, of the dystopia is somewhere in the future. We're here, man. I know. We're here now.
1: I know. Well, listen, tell everybody, because we're coming up on the back, tell everybody your website where they can find everything uh, that you have, because it sounds to me like you're you're going to have to come back. Yeah, I'd love to. It. Great. Yeah, great, great. And Giuseppe Vafangulo, I'm sure you're going to want to talk to yeah. William... yes
3: i'd like to have him come on uh i'm i'm host or co-host and booking for three shows so i will definitely i just joined your email list so i will add you on skype i'll definitely be in touch
1: excellent see we're making connections so we can all get this stuff out on the table and have uh, cogent intelligent discussions about what what or what not this might not be ladies a few more minutes any final questions for william before we head out
0: no i again we talked about this during the break i just want to thank william for bringing out this information and like you said william this is not something you want to metastasize so by bringing this out we get it out in front of us and we can start to take a look at it and the more we take a look at it hopefully we can uh, disempower them a bit and at, le- at least they won't be in the secret in the shadows
2: agreed very, very much
4: yes thank you so much for your work and please stay safe and um keep prayer, prayed up and no. i'll keep you in my prayers too thanks Thank so much for the information i'm definitely gonna get your book all
1: right keep, cool keep the faith ladies and gentlemen so tonight 10 30 pacific FM. christopher everard um is going to be there and he is the og of esoteric information let me just say and uh, i'm really excited